0: we're very lucky to be speaking to a much sought after speaker kyle case who has spent his career managing world-class multi-sport competitions for tens of thousands of athletes from all around the world Currently, the CEO of the Huntsman World Senior Games, the largest annual multi-sport event in the world for athletes 50 plus. Kyle leads a team that welcomes over 11,000 athletes to St. George, Utah every October to to participate in their choice of 30 different sporting events. Um, So, Kyle, how are you today and where did this all start?
1: Well, thank you, uh, Rosaria. Wonderful introduction. Um, You know, kind of covers a lot of stuff, but uh, excited to be with you today and to talk about active aging and everything that goes with that. So you you asked, where did it all start? So I, I love to hear people's career stories just because they're so interesting and they're always winding and, you know, very few people actually end up uh, exactly where they thought that they were going to end up. And I am no exception from that. I actually started um, this concept of amateur athletics and event management and active aging as a college student. I attended Southern Utah University in Cedar City, Utah, here in the United States. And um, they have a, a multi-sport event that is called the Utah Summer Games that takes place throughout the community. But much of it is is is. Um, scheduled and, and competed right there on campus, and so I was very aware of the event, and I had a friend who was doing an internship for the Utah Summer Games and was working on a specific project in the advertising and public relations area, and I thought, this, this would be great, and so I just kind of invited myself to do this internship with my friend, and as we went through that process, I just really fell in love with the idea of Helping people compete and and be their best selves, and that whole event management idea. And so, uh, as the internship ended, I just stayed on and stuck around. I, I worked as a volunteer. I uh, you know did some part time work, and I just I just fell in love with this idea. And and anything I could do to stay involved, I did. And so for the next several years, I, I worked real jobs, and you know I graduated and I got a graduate degree, and I did a variety of things, but I just kept staying connected to the utah summer games and so after several years the director uh, of the event moved on to something else and i applied for the job and i tricked the hiring committee into hiring me and uh, it was just a, a dream come true and so i ran the utah summer games for four years and then i had the opportunity to move down here to st george utah which is about about an hour away from cedar city but we host the Huntsman World Senior Games here. And once again, I went through that hiring process and with smoke and mirrors and misdirection, I tricked them into hiring me once more. And uh, about 15 years later, here I am still just living my dream and loving everything that I have the opportunity to do, the difference that we have as a team to, to make a difference in people's lives. We just really love it.
0: Wow, well, it sounds like an incredible journey. Um, and. One quick question before we carry on. Why is it called the Huntsman World Senior Games?
1: Yeah, great question. We, the, the, here locally in, in the state of Utah, the Huntsman family is a very philanthropic um, family. They they have a, a, a chemical and container business where they generated most of their income. Um, John Huntsman Senior is the one who founded all of that. He's, he's really a world-renowned philanthropist. Uh, his son was actually our governor for several years. He he was a presidential candidate also um, a, a couple of years ago for the United States of America. And so this is a very well-established uh, family and, and, again, with a very philanthropic approach to, to life and to trying to, again, make a difference in people's lives. And so our founder, whose name is John Morgan, He started these games in 1987. That was the first event. And he actually was a hotelier. He owned a hotel here in our community and was really just looking for ways to get people to stay in his hotel. And uh, the idea that he and some friends came up with was to host this senior sporting event, kind of an Olympic-style sports festival. And so 1987 was the first Games and uh, in 1988 john morgan approached john huntsman and asked him if he would be interested in being a sponsor and he listened and then he said i want to visit with my family which is the way they always made all of their decisions so he talked to his kids and his wife and they said this this sounds like something we want to be involved in so they came on board as a financial supporter and sponsor and have been Since then, they continue to be very supportive financially and in other ways. And so they're the title sponsor of the event. The world part of it, it comes from inviting athletes from all around the world. And we do invite athletes from everywhere. In fact, uh, because of COVID-19, we were unable to host an event last year. Like so many events, we had to cancel. But the previous year, we hosted 36 different countries from all around the world. Uh, over 11,000 athletes, which is roughly the same size as the Olympic Games. The Rio Olympics hosted 11,200 athletes. Uh, our record is 11,179 athletes, so roughly the same size as the Olympic Games. And we get to host it every single year and just create that opportunity for athletes over the age of 50 to come and be together, to to you know, have that camaraderie, build those friendships, those relationships, and also have that element of competition that uh, it, it never goes away. We, we may get older and we may go, you know, move a little bit slower, but that ability and that desire to compete doesn't go away. And we get to see that played out year after year after year here, here at the World Senior Games.
0: Amazing. So I kind of thought that you were going to say, When I saw the word huntsman, it was a bit like, oh, is it Hunger Games? Are they going to compete in the woods or whatever? But that's that's really interesting, and I had no idea that it had been going on for so long. Like to me, active ageing is quite a new concept, Um, especially in the UK. uh, We have this um, mindset that kind of post fifty, you're sat on your sofa doing nothing and watching tv and very very living a very sedentary life um but the more i talk to people especially in the states um the more i see this active um community who are building this buzz around growing and actually holding on to aspirations and purpose um So you're going to see me at the World Senior Games one day because as soon as I turn 50, I'm going to be there.
1: (laughs) I know you're not there yet, but I fully expect to uh, have the opportunity (laughs) to greet you here for sure, Rosaria. That would be wonderful.
0: Absolutely. Um, And it's really nice to have something so I actually always wanted to be an athlete um when I was younger I just thought right I'm gonna we have something called netball in this country I don't know if you play it it in the in the states Um, I don't play
1: very much of it but I'm familiar with it I've actually I've very absolutely I've seen it played and uh just a a fun game
0: yeah so I was a really good center um but unfortunately I'm also a short I'm only five foot four and um (laughs) Although my skills and my spatial awareness and all the things that come with a good sportswoman, um, I had all of that. I just didn't have the height. So when it was when I was coming up to send. And I mean, that's just an excuse that I tell myself. (laughs) 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 Maybe if I was a bit better, I would have made it. Um, So. You mentioned that COVID was uh, has been quite tough. Obviously, you had to skip a year. Um, how has that process been for you? Kind of, what were the thoughts and the panics throughout the last year and a half?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think our experience um, is very similar to many many other events all around the world. as As we watched this uh, pandemic really roll out, and as it started to just uh, affect. Um, countries and, and communities and and individuals is what it comes down to really. And so as we watched this happen, we we were you know very cognizant and very aware. We, we were um you know glued to the television like so many people. And as we entered you know quarantined times and, and lockdown, like many people around the world uh experienced that. Um we, we, I'll tell you what we did. We, we knew that it was a serious situation and that we needed to be very uh, informed and we needed to be very careful about it. But we also knew that we didn't want to make a preemptive decision. We didn't want to decide too soon. And so we held on as long as we could watching the news and seeing how things were uh, developing and rolling out. And we set a date for ourselves. Um, at the end of June. And we knew that the event happens in October. So we knew that by the time the end of June, the first of July was here, we would be able to make a more informed decision than we might've been able to in March when things really started to happen. And so we held on as long as we could. We watched the news, we read the studies, we did everything that we could. But by the time the end of June came, we we realized that there was no possible way for us to move forward. And so we made the official announcement that we would have to forego the games. Uh, we called it a timeout. And uh, we're very proud and excited to say that the timeout is now over and we are back. And so as we've started this new year with 2021, certainly fully recognizing that there's still ground to cover and who knows which direction that we're going to go, but things seem to be heading in the right direction. We opened registration for our teams on the 1st of January, which is just an opportunity for coaches and managers and team captains to reserve their team spot in the tournament. And we just saw an almost overwhelming number of teams that just immediately came in. We we opened right at midnight on Mountain, uh, Mountain Standard Time. Uh, here in the United States. And uh, at midnight, there were people awake, ready to register their teams. And so by the time we came into work, we already had dozens and dozens of teams that had registered. Right now, uh, we have almost 700 teams ac- across the board. So that includes our wow. softball, our what we call soccer, what you call football, uh, basketball, volleyball. Uh, 680 teams total is what we have registered The next step that we have is we register our individual athletes. So those are athletes who are members of a team and will put themselves on a team roster, as well as athletes like swimmers and track and field and tennis and those kinds of things. So that registration begins on the 1st of March. And uh, once again, people waited up until midnight so that they could be the first ones to get in. And we are now sitting at about 4,000 total athletes that have registered so far for an event that happens in October, and we're you know well ahead of the pace of where we have been in previous years. So not only are we excited as event hosts and event managers, but there definitely seems to be a real excitement in uh, the senior sports community as well to get back out and do the things that they love to do.
0: Amazing. So, um, I have a few questions. So question number one is how long does the senior world games last? Question number two is, are the events the same as the Olympics? Um, in that sense, or do you, have you created new events? Um, and then question number three is how do people qualify to compete and can anybody compete?
1: Yeah, great, great questions. Let me let me try to answer them in order. Number one, how long do the games run? Uh, we we always take place in the month of October, and for our geographic area, we're we're just about an hour and a half north of Las Vegas, so it's a, a dry desert area. Um, October is the perfect time for us. The weather is, you know, just about right, and the the evenings are cool, and the the days are warm, and it just works out very well. So our event happens annually every October. And uh, this year it runs from the 4th through the 17th. So it's two full weeks of events. We kind of try to follow the pattern of the Olympics in, in that standard. And so two weeks in October is how long the event lasts. And athletes will come in. Oftentimes they'll come in early and they'll tour and they'll hike and they'll visit our national parks. We're right next door to Zion National Park. We're right next door to the Grand Canyon. Uh, Bryce Canyon National Park. And so a lot of times athletes will come in early and experience those areas, or they'll stay a little bit later and, uh, you know, take advantage of some of the natural surroundings. Um, But our sports do start and end over that two-week time period. So not every sport runs for the full two weeks, just depending on what the sport is, uh, is how many days that you'll stay. We have found on average that our athletes stay here in in uh, our community for 6.7 days. So almost a full week though is how long the athletes will stay on average. And of course they contribute to the local economy and uh, it's just a a great partnership that we have with our city. Um, Your next question was, do we follow the same sports as the Olympics? And we offer 35 different sports, which is a few more than the Olympics are offering right now. So we do mirror in many ways the sports that the olympics have we have those traditional track and field and swimming basketball volleyball uh, a lot of those traditional olympic sports but we also have some unique sports that uh, are not played at the uh, olympic games for example we have an event for cowboy action shooting which is a um, it's a shooting sport but it's a, a target event and uh, just a a lot of fun. The athletes actually compete in 1800s period clothing. So they have, you know, a cat, their, their hats and their, their, you know, what we would consider our cowboy shirts and clothes and the, the, the women wear dresses of that period as well. And just uh, compete with arms that are actually from the 1800s too. So they're a single action type no automatics, no semi-automatics. It's just what you would have found in the 1800s in the the you know the Great West of the United yeah. States of America. So that's kind of a fun and unique one. We also offer pickleball. I'm not sure if you're familiar with pickleball in the United United Kingdom. Um, it's a it's a volleying sport. It's similar to tennis or um, table tennis. Even instead of playing with a racket, you actually do play with a, a solid paddle. And the court is the same size as a badminton court, but the net is about the height of a tennis net. So you're not hitting the ball over the top of a higher net like you do in, in volleyball or in badminton. It's lower like tennis, but the court is much smaller. And so the senior group has really just caught on to this sport because they can cover the court a little bit easier. And there are singles and doubles options as well, but we have about a thousand athletes who have registered for pickleball right now. It's a very, very popular sport here in the United States, but it's really expanding and growing uh, all around the world. So yeah, you want to look up and see if anybody is playing there in the United Kingdom, because I think you would, you'd would find a group of people that play, Um, And then there are a few other sports that are not played in the Olympics, but are kind of unique and, and adapted to the senior population. And then your third question was how do you get involved or is there a qualifier? The Huntsman World Senior Games is actually an open event. So the only qualifier is your birth date and you do have to be over the age of 50 or at least turn 50 by December 31st of your first competition year. And we have just a, a wide variety of athletes that come from all ages. We we have those you know those 49-year-olds that are going to turn 50 in December that are just as young as they can possibly be. They come and compete with us. And then we've had centenarians, people over the age of 100, that have competed in the games as well. And so we have kind of a nice bell curve where it starts out at the 50s and by about 65 is where kind of our, our average age is, 63 to 65. And then that curve drops back off down into the 70s, 80s and 90s and even into the hundreds. Um, But just uh, just a wonderful, wonderful event, a celebration of life.
0: It definitely sounds it. It sounds like it'd be an incredible atmosphere as well. Um, So why 50? Why not 55? And do you think that that um, like qualifying age will ever increase?
1: So our very first year in 1987, we actually required a 55-year-old age. Uh, And then in 1988, the very next year, the age was dropped down to 50. And that was really kind of a a, a national movement where um, the powers that be, I was certainly not involved in that. I was in junior high at that time. Um, but the, those that were in charge just kind of made the the decision that 50 plus would be the, the senior sports designation. And you know you, you hear these words uh, that are that are used to kind of designate uh, that age group. You've got master sports and some um, you know uh, organizing committees or or um, sports organizations call it veteran sports and there's there's a variety of different words that are used. Uh, masters tend to start a little bit younger closer to the 30-year-old age group, depending on the sport itself. Um, But for the senior sports movement, 50 was the designated age group. And so we just followed that trend and have for the last 30, 33 years. And uh, do we anticipate that going up? Um, I, I don't believe so. I think we'll will uh, anticipate that it'll stay at the 50 year old age group. I, I will say that sometimes that's hard for those young 50 year olds to consider themselves um, you know, the quote unquote seniors. Uh, on the other hand, there are many that are just, they can't wait until they turn 50 and they're old enough to compete. We like to think of it as a positive phrase and a positive term. So everybody's excited to be a senior in high school or a senior in college or a senior vice president at the bank. Uh, and we feel the same way about our, our athletes. We we think that uh, they really ought to be excited to be a senior athlete and be the best of the best, the ones with the most experience and those who have the most passion about their sport. So we really try to put a positive spin on that word.
0: Brilliant. Thank you so much for that. Um, so kind of moving away from the senior games um, a little bit and more focused on you yourself, you... You mentioned that you were doing your bachelor's, um, if I'm correct, when that you kind cool. of liked this idea of active aging and events management and sports. Um, what kind of made you go down this route of active aging and be and being kind of that ambassador for pro-aging? Pro
1: well, I think you really touched on it um, earlier when you said that for for years and years there's been a a mentality around the world really um where you reach that senior age group, whatever that is 50 60 65 whatever it is for people and they kind of feel like okay i've i've kind of reached the end of my active years and it's time to slow down and to be a little more sedentary uh, and and that was the way that it was for for really forever Um, You know, my grandparents kind of experienced a little bit of that they stayed very active because they lived on a farm and so they had chores to do and things like that, but as far as sports that was not something that they really thought much about, but with this new uh, baby boomer generation, if you will, uh, they've just decided inside that culture that they're that that's not going to be the standard for them any longer and they're going to stay engaged. And whether that is sports or in the arts or volunteerism in their community, we're just seeing that this particular group has decided that we're going to live our lives to the fullest. And we've just been able to watch that happen. And as that generation has moved through in their age groups and then you know the next generation, Gen X or whatever you're calling, the next one is now starting to turn 50. um, We're seeing that you know, we want to follow that example as well. And we don't want to just stop. We want things to continue. And again, it doesn't have to be sports. It can be anything that you're passionate about. And so I personally just, just fell in love again with that concept and that idea. And I've, I've watched my parents continue to remain active and I have goals for myself to continue to, to work out and to be active. I, I played sports in high school. Um, I, I played American football and I, I, I did wrestling as well. Um, and so I've tried to maintain a level of activity. I, I need to find my senior sport still. I'll, I'll admit that um, we don't offer football or wrestling here in the games. And so I need to find something. But, but over the years, I've, I've ran races and I've done triathlons and, you know, tried to, to maintain a, a level of, of fitness and uh, try to stay engaged myself because I've watched this generation set the example for me. And, you know, you mentioned that, that there's kind of a, a culture and an idea in the United Kingdom, but, but that's definitely changing. And you're working with people in your practice that are pushing those boundaries and changing those, um, you know, those, those ideas and uh, we're really seeing that all around the world. We we have again athletes that come in from from all continents, from all, from you know so many countries all around the world that are changing that mindset. And for us, and for me personally, it's just a privilege to be a part of that movement and to be able to provide that opportunity. And let me just share one more thing, Rosaria, that really means a lot to us as a team and me personally. Um, I mentioned that about sixty five is about the average age of our participants, if if you stop and think about the sporting opportunities that were available to women who are now 65 years old that were not available to them as youth, as, as high schoolers, and even in university settings. And so now we have that opportunity to provide not only a competitive opportunity, but a world class and world-renowned and world-welcoming opportunity. You know, we see these pioneer women in in our in our softball and in our volleyball and in our tennis, uh, women who really broke barriers and were pioneers in uh you know making it normal and and acceptable for women to be competitive and and strong and and you know just going for the gold in every way that they possibly could and i have found just a tremendous amount of satisfaction in being a part of that and watching that happen and watching that unfold and now the next generation coming in they've really been able to benefit from Uh, opportunities that are now more readily available to women in in college and in high school and so we're watching that level of competition just increase as the new generation comes in but we couldn't have done it without these pioneers and to be able to provide that competitive opportunity for these women is is incredibly satisfying.
0: Well that's it's wonderful that you brought that up because one, as being a woman myself, is very inspiring to hear. And also, I think there's this idea, but there's also some research around it that um, a lot of women will reach kind of 50, 40s, 50s, where they've had children, they've had a, re- a career, or and they feel a bit lost. And mm-hmm. they're stuck and they're like, I need some purpose. And they like to try, and there's, you, you either go one of one or two ways. You go to the way where you like, oh, well, that's it, I'm done. And like, there's not really much I can do or know about or that's it. Or you have the women who are really, really aspirational and think, I'm going to do something new. I'm going to do something different. And also when you get to that age, you've experienced life a bit. Yeah. You've grown wisdom and you're a bit more sure of yourself as a human being. And you kind of have that, Oh, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. I'm not going to be worried about what people think of me, or um, which is a huge barrier to sport, um, especially in women um, when it comes to, oh, my friends aren't doing it, so I'm not going to do it, or um, it's really uncool. Um, and I think that's definitely changing that whole fitness motivation sport uh, approach is fitness is attractive now, and being healthy and active is attractive. So there's that aspect to it as well. So that's amazing to hear. And I am so going to be uh, applying to this. I'm going to be training from now on <laughs> with my goal to be when I'm 50, I can Absolutely. compete. I need to choose. I need to choose a sport. Um, I do love team sport though. Um, I do love it. Do you pay, do you do anything like corth ball there? Is that a, is that we, a sport?
1: We, we don't have that one. Um, but okay. I'll, I'll tell you, one of the things that we look at, because, um, you know, the games obviously started here in the United States. And if you look at our list of sports, there's, there's several sports that you would say that those are pretty American type sports, but as we've continued to grow and expand and, and, you know, achieved a a more worldwide audience, one of the things that we're really looking at as we add new sports are what are sports that are going on outside of the United States. And so, you know, we've got things like, like badminton, which is played here in the States, but not, not that much but it's you know the second most popular sport in the world next to football uh, or or soccer as we call it and so you know we're we're looking for opportunities. So you know you talked about netball and a few of those things. We're actually taking a look at that to see, you know, what's the what are the logistics and how does that work and you know for us some of that comes down to some equipment and some expertise because those are sports that we're not maybe as familiar with here, but there seems to be a, a tremendous opportunity and so I know you've got a few years before you turn 50, Rosaria, but by the time you're there, maybe we will have netball for you and you can come back and play your center position.
0: Amazing. So before <laughs> we, um, before we finish, um, let's um, just some fun, quick bar questions. Okay. Um, you mentioned that you do a an annual family film festival. What's that about?
1: <laughs> great, great question. I'll tell you, that is one of the areas where we have the most fun as a family. we, we, produce and create and prepare our films all year long. And then on New Year's Eve, we all get together. Everyone travels together to one location. And then we screen these films. And we have different categories. We have documentaries. We have feature films. We have a short category, a music video category. We have a a little mini category that we call the super mini shorty short short. And uh, we just have a ton of fun with it. So on New Year's Eve, we all get together, we screen the films, we vote on our favorite films within each category. And then at the end, in the evening, we have a, a big gala, an awards show where you open up the envelope and you announce the winner and people come up to the front and they give an acceptance speech. And we just try to model it in our own fun way after the Grammys or the Emmys or something like that. And uh, it's called the it's called the Spinner's Film Festival. And we just have a lot of fun with it. The the, the films are they're family films, they're not professional grade by any stretch of the imagination, but they tell our story and uh, our documentaries are usually the the vacations that we've taken or the experiences that we've had as a family. And we just have a lot of fun with it. And uh, we're actually entering our 12th year this coming year. So we've been doing it for a while and it's been fun to watch the kids, our kids, um, you know, grow up and, and just know that New Year's Eve is, is spinners. That's what we do. And' uh, they've, now, they've now become the ones who are producing the films and making them. And of course, technology makes that so much more accessible and available. You can literally film a whole a whole film on your phone and edit it right there on your phone and then just you know email the link and we're ready to go. But um, one of the things that we've just really loved and enjoyed doing as a family, it really has brought us together.
0: That's amazing, and I'm going to I'm going to take it, and I'm going to incorporate that into my family. So I'm um, one of nine children, okay, and um, we're very creative. Um, so one of my, my sisters actually an actress, um, and my two of my siblings are really into animation. Um, so they're going to be Rosaria.
1: You are sad. <laughs> you need to make sure that you do this with your family. It, it's it's the funnest thing in the world. You guys will just have a blast. Yeah. With it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm gonna definitely gonna pitch the idea uh, to the family WhatsApp group, and hopefully, we get some yeses. <laughs> but with nine with
1: nine family members, uh, that that's the perfect setting. My wife actually has ten kids in her family, and so you have this foundation where you can at least start there. And uh, out of the nine, you're gonna obviously you're gonna have people who are gonna be interested in doing it. Tons of fun.
0: Absolutely amazing. Well, thank you very much um, for coming onto this podcast and, t- and sharing your story and and talking about the huntsman world senior games um, and just to finish off if anybody's listening to this podcast and is really inspired and wants to find out more where's the best place for them yeah, to go our
1: website has all the information that you could ever need and that is seniorgames.net seniorgames.net and there you'll find our list of 35 sports you'll find schedules you'll find the rules You can also register, registration is now open, and it will close on September 1st. So there is a window of uh, opportunity there, Um, but so much information there, as well as just a a wide variety of information on active aging, we have blog posts, um, we have our own podcast that is available there, uh, as well as a a new webinar series that we're uh, just launching called Living Your Best Life webinar series. Um, Just a ton of information about active aging and how to go about it and where to jump in and how to keep it going, uh, along with all the information about the games themselves. So seniorgames.net.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, Kyle. Um, And I look forward to seeing you in a few years time.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much, Rosaria.